Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. Because I'm very excited that Bible school is back, at least in a way that makes some kind of sense to us. We celebrate and honor the last two years where we've had to rewrite it, and my heart has gone out to everyone who has tried to figure out how in the world, when there's something so very personal about Bible school, we've tried to do it virtually, which is a nearly impossible task. Ask any teacher, ask any educator. Nearly impossible, but we managed to do it, but there's a great sense of relief of, ha, all right, we're going to pile some kids back in here again, and we're going to have ourselves a wonderful time, and I'm looking forward to that. But I wanted to ask just to get us started, just to get the, flaw, the, the, the thoughts going. What is your favorite memory of Bible school? Just let that kind of roll around. If you went to something, maybe, maybe Bible school wasn't your thing, but there was a childhood memory of faith that was really important to you. Just kind of allow that to inform our conversation today. Because in this week, we are about to create those kind of memories for a pile of children. This building is going to be filled with lots of eager and, yes, some not-so-eager children, some of whom we know and many that we do not know all that well, some who worship in churches regularly and some who do not. And for one week, things are going to look a lot different around here, right? And that's, that's one of my favorite memories. I knew Bible school made things different because my mom decided she was going to run Bible school when I was a kid which threw our house into chaos for a week. And I'm looking at Emily and I'm looking at Leanne and others and saying, yeah, you know exactly what's going on. But we were doing, I can't remember if it was a circus or if it was medieval. All I remember is that my mother was in a court jester outfit, made the full hat, had the things come off, little bells on the end. And there is still a picture somewhere. And if you're watching mother, I'd love to find this picture where she's standing on a tree stump, like looking like this. It's like, and I'm like, things are different in the week of Bible school. This is not what normal church looks like. And that's how it's going to be around here, right? I'm not simply talking about the, de- the decorations. It's also how we do things. We're going to do ministry not with prayer and organ. We're going to do ministry with clapping and celebrating. There's going to be belly laughs and inevitably a skin knee. And I know there's going to be a skin knee because I'm the game guy and somebody always bleeds when Sam's the game guy. All right? There will be wet footprints throughout the church. We'll share meals that aren't ham and turkey sandwiches. Rather, there'll be goldfish and Kool-Aid, I think. Things will be different. And it's a wonderful week, right? And it's one that we take a great deal of pride in. But I want to stop in this environment and just say for a second, what exactly is it we hope to accomplish? What do we want Bible school to do? Because we don't need more work, right? Like all of us, I mean, shoot, we just had a storm go through. A lot of us have trees that we need to take care of and electricity to get back on. We don't need all this extra work. So what is it that we want it to do? Because if what we are are a group of adults who watch a group of kids for an evening, play some games, distribute snacks, and tell a story, well, we already have that thing, and it's called a a daycare. It's fine work, but is that our work? And that perspective sometimes explains why VBS gets harder and harder to kind of find the enthusiasm for sometimes. And I don't want that to come out wrong, but just sometimes it's like, oh, Bible school. And a lot of us feel that way because a lot of us are already doing that. A lot of us have kids. I don't need to take care of somebody else's kids. I got my own. You know what I mean? 
And some of you are like, well, my kids are out of the house. Well, you're taking care of grandkids. And you know what that feels like too, right? Like a lot of us are just, yeah, we got, we got enough kid in our life. We're good. But more importantly than all of that, is that sometimes we misunderstand what it is I think God wants to do with Bible school. Because sometimes I think we fall into the trap of believing that this week is all about the kids. And it's mostly about the kids. But if it's only about the kids, then we may very well miss something that God wants to teach us big kids in the coming week. You see, this is one of the funny little parts of ministry, that God wants to reach all of us and teach all of us in those spaces that you thought were intended for someone else. Let me say that again. God wants to reach you and to shape you precisely in those spaces that you set up thinking it was about someone else. Spiritual formation is never one person or group doing something for another person or group. Because the work of the church is always communal work. We are shaped and we do shape. We are iron sharpening iron, all of us. And so I ask again, what does a great week of Bible school look like? Without question and without equivocation and without apology, we want to be faithful stewards of that which God has given us and faithful stewards of the gospel message. And we want to provide an experience of faith for every single soul that walks through this door. Whether it's a child, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a parent or somebody who's just dropping off and picking up at the end of the day. We want everyone to have an experience of faith. This is what Deuteronomy says and is super explicit about when it says, yes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. An idea that Jesus picks up and recites verbatim later in the Gospels. But then Moses says to the people, keep these words that I am commanding you today in your hearts. Recite them to your children and talk of them when you are at home and when you are away. That experience of God is one of love and acceptance and growth. And we will show up for our kids in every way. We will keep the words. We will recite them to our children. We will recite them to one another to the point where we will go home singing the songs even though we don't want to because they're so painfully glued in our heads. What the children do with that message is their prerogative. But what we will do is show the love of God from the moment they walk in until the moment they leave. But I don't think any of us would argue with that, right? All of us would appreciate that. We would affirm that. We would strive that that would be our goal. But we all know what VBS looks and sounds like, right? Sometimes when all the teachers get in the back room, I've been there, and we're like, oh my gosh, that one kid. Oh my gosh, did he do that to you? Yes, he did. Oh my, like, we've all been there, right? Can we say this quiet parts out loud? And it sounds a lot like, all right, everyone sit down and listen. Now, we don't throw things here, right? Please don't steal her goldfish. Why is your Kool-Aid all over the carpet? I mean, you know what VBS sounds like, right? It's as much Jesus loves me as please don't hit her again. It looks and sounds often a lot like, well, everything else. But Scripture tells a different story. First, according to Paul, what we read today, it is crucial to our faith that we break down every single barrier that creates any kind of idea of us and them. And that includes the barrier of teacher and student. Paul says, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 
For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And as I had a pastor once say to me, all means all, and that's all all can mean. All means all. From the youngest child to the very oldest. And so we break down this idea that there's one set of teachers or experts and that there's another set of students or novices. We are all there to learn. But it's not just Christianity that teaches us this. It's actually our Israelite forebears who made it crystal clear how they understood the role of children in the community of faith. Now I admit... The rules, the understanding that, that the Israelites had around male and female roles was different. So forgive me, women notwithstanding. But boys were symbolically circumcised and brought into the community of faith, not when they were old enough, but at eight days old. At eight days, you're all in. You're a part of this. And the reason they circumcised children at eight days was to say, child, our destiny as a people will be your destiny as well. And we could do a very thorough study of Jewish law, which we won't do today, but it shows us that children had a special role, supervised and appropriate, yes, but children had a special role inside the body. Consider the words of Psalm 8. The psalmist writes, out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. This is no mere we like hearing kids in church. This is the sound of babies, infants, children, Liam. It's the sound of our strength. This is God strengthens as people and defeats his enemy through the mouths of the very smallest among us. So the point being, friends, is that if we want to find strength, we want to find insight, we want to find new life in our faith, if we want to find courage that that this world demands for living the life of faith, the Bible regularly points us towards our children. We don't have to teach praise. It's generally already there. We just have to encourage them to do it. We don't have to give it to them. In many ways, it is theirs to give to us. If we want to learn and question and grow in our faith, perhaps the best place to be is with a room full of children. Because for every child who prays, dear God, please change the taste of asparagus, there is that same child who prays at the end of the day, dear Lord, I can't find the right words. Can you just please listen through my heart? And friends, I'm here to tell you that child just explained contemplative prayer. As Christians... If baptism means what we say it means, participation in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then these children aren't simply objects of our money, time, our attention, even our work and our faith. They are participants in the shared work of grace with a role that play that serves the entire body of Christ. Not just lighting the candles, but it is not insignificant that the first ministers every Sunday are generally a child. And that's the magic of children's ministry. Nowhere else in the world, friends, are children invited to contribute significantly to the life of the community as much as they are in the church. For all of its beauty, schools aren't designed that way. Daycares aren't designed that way. Goodness, many families are not designed that way. Sometimes 
sometimes all of us as parents, grandparents, whatever, struggle to understand, what is this kid doing? But even in families, children have a really important role to play. But sometimes we're not designed that, we don't think about it that way. But we should be intentional about it in the body of Christ. Every time we baptize a child, every time we recognize a child of God, we say, this is my sister. And every time we commune a child, we reject the notion of any kind of a kid's table. And we say, welcome to the family. You get to sit with all the big kids today. Our destiny will be your destiny. Our meal will be your meal. Our songs of praise will be your songs of praise. And so it's no wonder then that Jesus says, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Surprisingly hard words for us as adults to live out, right? But perhaps we might reflect that the music and dancing and snacks and stories and games aren't for the kids, but rather the kids sort of invite us into their world and to teach us what it means to be a child as we teach them what it means to be a disciple. And maybe with that proximity to children and we let the children do their work, Maybe that is what renews the life of the church in so many important ways. And so if we're left wondering, well, how is this going to work? Because we still can't have the kid hitting their neighbor, and we can't have the kid stealing the goldfish. Like, I know. I know. And the truth is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some work. Because we've all sort of been in a sit down, be still. I mean, shoot, we're doing this right now, right? You all sit and be still while Sam runs his mouth for a while. All right, we're doing this as we speak. The irony is not lost on me. We'll have to work at it. It's going to take some learning. It's all right. But what changes lives is not instruction, though that matters. What changes lives is being told, you are loved just as you are, and you have something to contribute just as you are. Come and bring your gifts. And our children are ready and willing to bring their gifts. And there is nothing more empowering, enlightening, and life-changing for children and for us than we simply allow children to be who they are. And I know that's what we want in our hearts. Because I've worked with a lot of people who work with kids closely, and every one of them says, I just love these kids to death. So I know that's what we want. And so to our teachers and volunteers, maybe we've Excuse me. To our teachers and volunteers, may we be filled with wonder at what will unfold. And let us be reminded that we're only in control of a very small amount of it. God will do what God's going to do. And to those who cannot participate but who will join us in prayer, please hold all of us in your prayers that through the Spirit of God we might all play our part and that we might all take steps towards Jesus Christ this week. And in some way, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, will breathe his life in new ways back into us again. And yes, we'll be a little bruised. And I'm telling you, on Sunday, we're all going to be a little tired. And we're all going to be laden down with carbs because we just keep eating goldfish. But at the end of the day, God will have done something remarkable in our lives and in the life of a child. Amen.